Hey everyone, welcome to the Noteworthy Podcast. I am your host, Nathan French, and I have a very lovely co-host here with me today. Hi, it's Rachel. That's right. My wife, Rachel, is going to be co-hosting the show with me today and tell them what we're going to be talking about today. So we are going to be talking about hair today. We're going to be talking about hair. That's right. You heard it here. We are going to be answering the question, having a conversation of should women cut their hair? And we're also going to be talking about should men grow their hair long. And so this may not be a conversation you've had or heard before, but we're going to be talking about it today. We're going to talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we actually have written a song about this called When Glory Washes Glory, and we're going to be telling you the story behind that. So stick around. Like I said, I'm Nathan. And I'm Rachel. And this is going to be a noteworthy conversation. Let's go. So it was just a few weeks ago that uh, Rachel and I were driving home from a conference and we were listening to a podcast. Uh, like we often do, we love listening to podcasts on the road. We travel a lot, and it helps passes the time and fill our minds with knowledge. And so we were listening to one of our our favorite podcasts, and a famous female Christian artist, I'm not going to mention her name on the show, um, but a f- couple years ago, she had shaved her head, and it was very prominent on social media. A lot of people were talking about it. Very famous singer in the Christian music industry, and Rachel and I were listening to the podcast, and I remember the person interviewing her said, why did you shave your head? And I remember this because it just, it kind of struck me, and it's what brought this episode upon us today, was she said that she felt like the Holy Spirit had told her to cut her hair or to shave her hair off. And it kind of hit me. I was like, wow, I've never heard somebody say that. Um, because I have been taught in the apostolic movement my whole life that women are not supposed to cut their hair. And so the concept that hit me was that the spirit of God will never tell you to do something that defies the word of God. We are to worship in spirit and in truth. And so uh, I thought to myself, you don't hear conversations about this very much. Why in the world don't apostolic women cut their hair? Why do apostolic men keep their hair short rather than growing their hair long? And believe it or not, there is actually very clear scriptural teaching on this. And that's what we wanted to talk to you about today. And so as a man... I decided I'm not going to get on this podcast and try to uh, explain what it feels like to be an apostolic woman. There's no way I'm going to do that. And so I asked the loveliest apostolic woman I know, 
my wife, Rachel. And so she is here co-hosting it, and I'm going to pass it to her for a moment, and she's going to tell you a little bit about her story and what it means to be an apostolic woman in this generation. Thank you. I appreciate your confidence in me and your sweet compliments. (laughs) (laughs) So I am 28 years old, and I have grown up in church, in an apostolic church um, all of my life. I grew up most of my life as a a pastor's kid, and that was a really great experience because it really challenged me to know what I believe. (laughs) So um, not just to hear what I should believe, but I grew up in a church that truly challenged me to know What do you believe? Why do you believe it? And how can you explain what you believe? That's amazing. It was uh, was a pretty big blessing (laughs) to grow up that way. Um, And I've had some experiences in my life that have definitely tested my knowledge, um, tested my faith. Um, I was homeschooled. I guess I could get that as a backstory too, that I didn't go to a public school like so many other people uh, that are probably listening to this episode right now. I was homeschooled and college was my first experience in a public school setting. Okay. And that was really interesting <laughs> all yeah. by itself. I was excited yeah. about it, but it was a culture shock for yeah, me. That's a for big sure. jump. Yeah. So when I was 19, um, I had been in college for a little while at that point taken a lot of classes. Um, I got to know a lot of people on campus. <laughs> I, uh, I was pretty comfortable at Gordon State College. <laughs> and uh, I took this one class. It was a communications class. And it was one of the most life-changing experiences of my life, for sure. And the first three weeks were pretty awful. It was an environment that was not very godly. It was just a group of students that were really comfortable with mm. things that were not of God. Yeah. And they were okay with having any kind of discussion that they want to have, especially if I walked in the room. It almost felt like some of them wanted me to be uncomfortable. <laughs> right. No joke. Classic college student. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So um, We've it been was, there, yeah. it made me so uncomfortable that there were a couple of days in the first few weeks where I would. I just got in my car and cried the entire way home, asking God to tell me what I should do because it was really difficult. It really tested my faith. It it just made me uncomfortable, you know. I felt like God told me to stay put. I mean, I truly was at a point where I was asked, why don't you just withdraw from that class? I just did not feel like I was supposed to. And one afternoon, I had a little bit more confidence than normal. I went in with a mindset uh, that was ready to take on the day. (laughs) And um, and it was just going to be a really great day. I wasn't going to let anything going to get me down. That's a good way to start the day. Yeah, Yeah, right. Um, And I walked in and my professor, who usually came in right as class started, if not a few minutes late, was there. Uh, She was there waiting. Nobody else was in there. I was the first student in the class. I walked in. And she just kind of uh, looked at me for a second, and then it was just some small talk, and then she said, you know, 
you dress pretty cute for someone who has to wear skirts all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to kind of pray over my Mm. face because um, I, um, I had to take a breath and say, well, I don't have to. This is a choice that I've made. Come on. And she said, you don't have to wear skirts all the time. Your mama doesn't make you. I said, no, no, I have chosen this. This is what I have chosen to do in my walk with God. And it opened up a door for conversation about uh, what the Bible says about uh, gender distinction. And we can talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, for sure. But that's good. good. um, It opened up a door for later. In the semester, um, I was actually my final, my final um, presentation was I had to do an informative speech and I didn't know what I knew, if that makes sense. Yeah. I felt like. What do I, what am I informed about? (laughs) So I didn't know that I knew enough about anything to inform anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was awful. And I sat down in her office and I pretty much said that. And she said, well, why don't you tell everybody why you're apostolic? What does that mean? My, my, my. And it was scary for me to do that, but I did. And what a God-given uh, moment, though. Opportunity. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was definitely a God thing. I got up and talked a little bit about this, about why I wore skirts, why I didn't cut my hair. Uh, I talked a little bit about doctrine just on the oneness side of things. Um, and it was really well received. Now there was one guy and he was the instigator for a lot of what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And he said, uh, so anybody have an offering plate to pass? Like he totally, uh, just kind of made light of it all. But you know, after class was over, I had a few students come up to me and thank me for taking a stand that it, that they really respected that I was able to get up and explain why I lived the way I lived that I didn't just do it because I was supposed to, but but because I chose to. So I took on that challenge and God opened up a lot of doors because of that class that I almost dropped. I just, I didn't know if I could do it and I did it. And I, I have amazing testimonies that came out of that. That's so awesome. So you got to get up in front of your class. You got to talk about what it means to be apostolic. And so that classroom got to hear it, and so we're going to talk about it a little bit today uh, on the podcast. And uh, sweetheart, I got to tell you, there is nobody I would rather be having this conversation with because, as your husband, we've been married almost seven years. This August, mm-hmm. at the time of the recording, almost seven years, yeah. and uh, I've just seen you uh, live this and love this mm-hmm. life every day. And I admire it so much about you, Thank you. Um, as your husband. But uh, I'm going to ask the question, of course, as your husband, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it for the listeners. Hey, you listeners. Yes, I'm talking to you. Maybe you are listening and you don't really know what we're talking about. Maybe you've never heard this in your life. Maybe you've been a Christian your whole life and you have never, ever heard that some women do not cut their hair. Well, it's interesting because uh, Rachel doesn't cut her hair because of her faith, and I actually don't grow my hair long. I don't have long hair. I keep my hair cut 
because of my faith as a man. And we both drew these convictions from Scripture. It is taught. Um, the Apostle Paul taught about this in 1 Corinthians. And so, Rachel, as an apostolic, because of your faith, can you tell me why do you not cut your hair? What is this all about? Why would you do that? Why is this a decision that you have made in your life? So I want to start off by sharing a really cool resource that I'm familiar with called, uh, it's a book called Covered by Love by Lori Wagner. So Lori Wagner is amazing. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Shout out. All of her books are absolutely incredible. But for those that may want to do a deeper study on why a woman's hair is so important to God, I highly recommend this book. It's called Covered by Love by Lori Wagner. And uh, that that's available online. You can order that if you want to take it a step further in uh, in this study. But yeah, dive deeper because yeah. uh, just to kind of set you up, um, we're not doing a deep dive into the topic today. Um, there's some great resources for that. Right. Um, you can go look up Lee Stone King's message. Yeah. Keepers of the Glory by Joe Campitella. Yeah, amazing. Today our goal is to have a honest real, raw conversation that can relate to the everyday listener that hasn't heard this before. So I wanted to share a passage in scripture that I'm very familiar with. Um, You may or may not have have heard it uh, in church or just in your devotion, but this is what I read and know that God thinks that my hair is special. It's 1 Corinthians 11, and bear with me because it's going to be a little bit of a read here. Um, it's 1 Corinthians eleven five through 15. It says, But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. Wow. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman. But all things of God, judge in yourselves, is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it's a shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her for her hair is given her for a covering. I know that was a very lengthy reading. Yeah, you so can good, go though. and read it wow. um, in different translations. Even we might talk about that a little bit. That's the King James version. I just wanted to share uh, that version. But one of the things that I think about is that our society really encourages comfort. Mm-hmm. 
cut your hair short. It'll be easier to take care of. It's so much faster to fix. It's healthier that way. I've heard all the things, but it's really not true because Mm. those same people that tell me that it, if you would just cut your hair short, it'd it'd be so much easier to fix, blah, blah, blah. They're not happy when it's, when it is short, you know, like we just are constantly changing in what is comfortable to us, what we're happy with in our appearance. And that, that's the honest truth. But to me, it's not, it's not worth it when the word of God tells me that a woman's long uncut hair is a glory to her. That to me is important. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes, you know, it is hard. Uh, I feel like I'll just be completely transparent and honest. Um, I think that this goes for anybody, any woman, your hair just can get on your nerves sometimes. Like it totally is a thing, (laughs) but I do, I want all the favor and blessings God wants to give me. And if he says that my long hair, my uncut hair is a glory unto him and that it gives me power with the angels, then I want that over what may be comfortable. And, you know, another thing that you have to think about is, um, Hair can show you what a person is interested in. It categorizes you. So, you know, if you see somebody that has um, uh, a a mohawk and spiky dyed styles, you may say uh, that they have like a punk rocker style going on. Or if you look at somebody and say they've got kind of a, a hippie or hippie style, then they those people tend to have... Um, super long hair that's literally just free flowing. Or if somebody has a gothic style, then their hair is probably dyed black, or they may have it shaved on the sides or underneath. It's a very bold statement that they're making. Uh, for me, you probably know that I'm a mom of toddlers because I rock a mom bun a whole lot more than I probably should. <laughs> Your hair will categorize you and that that's okay. But how do you want to be categorized? Like that's something that I keep in my mind every day when I fix my hair is how do I want to represent myself and how am I representing my faith and I want it to represent me well. You know, there's a secret place in the spirit that's accessible to each of us. And when you're alone in that secret place with God, you can go into a place of spiritual connection and where God is, his angels are too. There's a place in the Bible known as the most holy place where the high priest alone could enter and God was there. Right. Yeah. He had angels in the front, the back, the sides, overhead. God's glory met with men under the tabernacle coverings, angels everywhere. And when Jesus died, the veil that kept other people from entering into the holy place was torn God opened the door through his death and invited us into a sacred, wonderful place. And I, I want to be surrounded by an army of angels. I believe that the Lord has encamped an army of angels around my home, around our home. I've had people come in and you know this, you've heard this too, uh, people coming in that have told us that they've seen angels walking in front of our house on the sidewalk. When Judah, uh, before Judah was even born, I had people telling me that they saw 
angels in Judah's room. We had gotten it ready for him when he was uh, when he was going to be born. Judah's, the story of Judah uh, is pretty incredible. Such a God thing. God's hand was on it the whole ordeal. Um, and when we were getting his room ready, somebody came in and said they saw angels in his room wearing armor, and they were placed there for his protection. Wow. I had a complete stranger come up and talk to me when um, I had first found out I was pregnant. Nobody really knew, just immediate family. And I had a complete stranger come up and tell me that they had a vision of me and my husband holding a baby boy on our church platform. And there was an angel that was standing behind us. We've had angelic encounters in our church on multiple occasions. There is a reason that the Bible says this. I've experienced it first hand i believe that my hair is a part of our armor that protects us and keeps us connected directly to god man praise god i feel the holy ghost here just talking about it and and i want to i want to walk through this just a little bit because um just for example i'm i'm sitting here on my computer um you go to google uh and you type in should women cut their hair Right. And let's face it, that's what most people are going to do when they go look for scriptures, right? They're going to go start Googling scriptures. Yeah. Well, there's an article that comes up right here and uh, it says, does the Bible prohibit women from cutting their hair? And it, the writer here says, notice, however, that 1 Corinthians 11 and 15 does not read uncut hair. It reads long hair. It goes on to say, the Bible nowhere prohibits tasteful cutting, curling, styling. Mm. And so um, this is a very, very common belief. Uh, and so I kind of want to just un- unpack this a little bit with you, if yeah. that's okay, because that's what this podcast is really about. This is to help somebody understand maybe just a little bit beyond a Google search, yeah. if that's okay. Yeah. I think that would be good. So <laughs> I really enjoy reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole passage again, but I'm going to start from verse 5. It it translates it like this. It says, But every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head were shaven. And so in the in the King James it said uh the word shorn, is that right? It said shorn and shaven. Yeah. And so we first have to ask ourselves a question. We have to determine uh what is the covering? Okay, so it it it's talking about your head being covered and verse 15 tells us, it says, but if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. And then it reveals to us when, when you read all the way to verse 15, it says for her hair is given to her for a covering. So verse 15 tells us that the covering is not something that she puts over her head. It is the hair on her head. Yeah. And then verse 10 tells us, it says, that is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. And uh, 
you have to understand that when Paul was writing, to be shorn and to be shaven are two different things. And Paul said that to be shorn would be the same as to be shaven. So, Rachel, would you agree with me that um, that's talking about cutting your hair, not shaving it, but even cutting your hair, trimming your hair would be a shame in the eyes of God. Is that your take on it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the meaning of the word shorn alone means to cut off. Do you have that scripture pulled up in the King James? I want to I want to help clarify this because I, I went to the English Standard Version, uh, but in the King James Version, it, it really breaks that separation down between shorn and shaven. And I think that that would uh, dispute the article that I just read from you where it says, nowhere does it say uncut. And that's where I think that our generation is struggling. They say, well, I cut my hair, but I don't shave it. But according to Paul, which if you're going to discredit the writings of Paul, you have opened a big box because then 14 books of your New Testament um, are all disputed at the same time if you you begin to dispute the writings of Paul. Mm, Do you have that? What Which verse was that where it says shorn? Verse 6. Can you read it one more time? For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. There it is. Shorn. Shorn. Or yeah. shaven. And since we're using Google searches, <laughs> right. if you search the meaning of the word shorn, as in, what does shorn mean? It literally comes up trimmed, wow, clipped, <laughs> or shaven. I mean, so even if you say, I don't cut my hair, I just trim it. Trimming it means that you're putting scissors to it. You are cutting it. Right. So if a woman's long hair, man, this is good. I'm feeling this tonight. And and we're talking right now, the kids are in bed, so we're finally getting to kind of break this down and talk about it on the podcast yeah. to all our parent friends out there. You know the struggle. You got to wait till the kids go to bed to record your podcast. <laughs> but but um, if a woman's long hair is a glory unto her, question number two, what is long hair? So how do I know that I have long hair? The answer is uncut. If your hair grows three inches and that's how long that your hair grows then that's long hair to god for your hair to be a covering simply means that you do not shorn or shave your hair and the bible goes on to say which by the way um paul is not just addressing women he addresses the men and he said doesn't nature tell you that it's a shame for man to have long hair? And so uh, he addresses the men and he talks about women, uh, you're not supposed to cut your hair. And men, you're not supposed to grow your hair long. Uh, and, and we're going to go into that in a, in a moment. I believe it has a lot to do with gender distinction. We're going to go into that in just a moment. But uh, when it comes to cut hair for men and uncut hair for women 
it is connected to three powerful principles that I want to mention. And I'm, and I'm moving really quickly. Um, number one is power in prayer. And so what are we talking about? We're, we're talking about what are the benefits of obeying uh, this teaching, this instruction in 1 Corinthians 11. Well, it's amazing because when you look at it in verse 5, it says a wife that is praying without a covering is a shame. And so from the very start, Paul is referring to power in prayer. Do you want to have a powerful prayer life? Do you want to uh, shake the foundations of hell and stir up an angelic presence in your life? Well, Paul said that she has uh, power uh, with the angels because she has authority on her head that when she decided to obey that commandment that there is an angelic presence. And so... Paul tied the issue of hair directly to prayer and angelic power. Number two is gender distinction. I think that Jesus is definitely trying to show us something in his word here. Deuteronomy 22 and 5 says, A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. Wow, this is a very controversial scripture in today's culture. For whosoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. Well, Rachel, can we be real for just a minute here? We we cannot pretend that if a woman cuts her hair short like a man, that that is not a masculine trait. Yeah. And we can't pretend that if a man grows out long, blonde, curly locks, and he takes his hat off, and he's shaking his hair out in the wind, <laughs> that that is somehow not a, a feminine trait. And so I absolutely think that God is tying this commandment in that a man is supposed to look like a man, and a woman is supposed to look like a woman. And I think that I know Deuteronomy is talking about apparel, but I think that our hair has a lot to do with gender distinction. Have you ever seen like a thin guy walking through the mall and you thought it was a girl until he turned around because his hair was all the way down to his waist? Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen that? It's, it's, It's kind of a, you're like, whoa, I totally thought that was a girl and, and, it's a guy. I mean, it's it. It kind of throws you off for a second yeah. because I don't care who you are or where you from. Where you are from, you will connect long hair as a feminine yeah. trait, a That's female true. trait. And number three, when it comes to the benefits of these powerful principles in your life, is apostolic identity. I think that it absolutely has a lot to do with apostolic identity. When Rachel wears her hair down and we walk through a store, it is not uncommon for somebody to say, where do you go to church? What church are you from? Can you tell me about who you are? What do you do? Because apostolic identity draws people to the light of Christ. 
uncut hair on women has become countercultural. However, from the time of Adam until World War One, women from all religions, backgrounds, and from all nations wore their hair long and uncut. Women first started cutting their hair when they started working in men's jobs out of necessity during the time of the world wars. And I'm not at all, please don't misunderstand me, I'm not at all disrespecting uh, the situation that these courageous women were put in that said, please understand my heart here. They, They said, oh my goodness, our husbands are off at war. And this power plant needs to keep running. And right. They had to do what they had to do. They did what they had to do. But, uh, and I, I of course, uh, have great admiration for those women that stepped in and, and helped in any way that they could. My point is, is that this is when you began to see cut hair was when men ha- or when women had no choice but to take on the job roles of men. If That's just fascinating to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely stepped into a role that uh, we ended up embracing. You know, it was, it was countercultural. And then when we kind of changed the culture, we ended up embracing the culture. Right. You know, just kind of stepping back a little bit to what you said about gender distinction before. Yeah. You know, God, God could have spoken you into existence just like he did the trees and, and the light. He could, you know, mm-hmm. he said, let there be light. And there was light. Yeah. But God took the time to mold us and sculpt us because he wanted a personal relationship with us. And God did not make a mistake when he made us. He did not make a mistake when he made you, you listening right now. Your gender is not a mistake. You know, it fascinates me when I read Genesis 2, and it talks about how Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air, to every beast of the field, and uh, God said, but for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. He was so distinct distinction in how he created man out of dust of the ground and how he created woman out of a rib. And we know that story. We know that story. We know if you believe in creation, if you believe that God created the world, you read Genesis 1, Genesis 2, and you know the creation story, then you know that God created man and he created woman. And 1 Timothy 2 and 9 says, in like manner also, that woman adorned themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. God loves modesty. You know, that's something that sets us apart from those that may embrace Mm -hmm. culture. 
what is normal in the culture, you know? Yeah. First Peter 2 and 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And this verse tells us that we're a distinct people. There is something that makes us stand out. We are separate. We're not common. I like the way the King James Version uses the word peculiar. And I'm sure that we've all met peculiar people in our lifetime in the church and out of the church. But what peculiar means is that we are the purchased possessions of God. We, We are the children of God. He has paid for us he's he's paid the price for us he's yeah. bought us with his blood thank you jesus we are different for a reason and you know the, the bible tells us so that we can declare the praises of god who called us out of darkness we're not into we're not we're not children of darkness we're children of the light yeah amen amen well i feel like this conversation is going to carry some some weight to it. And I know that we've dived into a lot of content here, and I, I want to let this soak in for people. But we, we want to close out uh, this episode today by telling you a little bit about a song that Rachel and I released back in 2019. I, I believe we released it in 2019. <laughs> we've been releasing music for a few years now, so we get yeah. a little mixed up about when we release stuff. But that and a pandemic happened. Yeah, and been. a pandemic. You know, it's just been it's been a lot. We we have new music uh, we're working on right now as well. Yeah, lots of exciting stuff. But we wrote a song uh, called "When Glory Washes Glory," and it was directly related to the scripture that we've been talking about on this entire episode today from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And um, if if you haven't heard the song, I'll just encourage you to go listen to it, When Glory Washes Glory by Nathan and Rachel. Uh, I'll let you go listen to that on your own time. But it says that it's the day you changed my story, When Glory Washes Glory. It's talking about uh, Mary. The song is written through Mary's perspective. And uh, it was really cool because I had never written a song before, like for Rachel. Like I knew Rachel had to sing this. There's no way, (laughs) there's no way I'm going to be singing as Mary. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I took my glory. You know what I mean? There's no way I'm singing that. So I knew when God gave it to me, like this song is, is for Rachel. And so in, in the Bible, it says that Mary broke her alabaster box and um, I was, I was writing a paper one day and God told me, go grab your Bible and read about the woman with the alabaster box. And like, I felt like the Lord quickened me to do that. And I'm like, well, Lord, I don't even remember, like, is that Matthew or is that in John? Like, so I'm like, I'm trying to find where that's at, but I really felt quickened by the Holy ghost to go look that up. And so, uh, it says that she broke open the alabaster box. It's an expensive perfume and there's people that's judging her worship judas is judging her worship and the bible says she washed jesus's feet with her tears and she dried them with her hair and 
when I read that line, she dried them with her hair. The Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, her hair was her glory. That's, that's what I wanted you to see. And so I had this picture in my mind of Jesus standing there, the glory of the Lord standing before Mary in physical form, wrapped in flesh, standing before her. And when her hair touched his feet, glory touched glory. Mm-hmm. And wow, I just, it was so revelatory for me. It was such a God moment and tears ran down my face and her hair was her glory. And faith like this is still being talked about 2,000 years yeah. later. It comes from John. Yes. I'm going to read it with you. And John 12 and 3, this is the English Standard Version. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And I think that sums it up. That's what we want. The bridge of that song says, come and fill this room. We want more of you. Like a sweet perfume, we will pour our praise on you. So why do we uh, make these commitments to God, Rachel? It's because we want the perfume to, to fill the room. We want our praise to be a sweet fragrance. Absolutely. To Jesus. And we'll be obedient at his feet because the glory of the Lord goes with us. It protects us. And we see it in our lives. We, uh, we have seen over and over again the angelic help from heaven. Yeah. You know, if I could just say one thing to leave with some young lady that's listening right now is, yeah. is this, and that's we are the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. And a bride prepares for her wedding day. So, Nathan, when you proposed to me, I was on cloud <laughs> nine. <Yeah. laughs> I literally could not think about anything else but my wedding. I wanted the wedding to be perfect. I um, I thought about it. I planned for it. I watched what I ate. I wanted to dress in a way that was pleasing to you. I wanted to act in a way that was pleasing to you. I wanted to read books on how to be the best wife that I could be, the best godly wife that I could be. I wanted to find the perfect dress. I wanted to make sure you cried as soon as the (laughs) double doors at Apostolic Tabernacle opened up and I walked in towards you. It was such a special moment. I wanted you to want to marry me. And I wanted to be pleasing to you. And as the bride of Christ, I feel like this is the way we should live every single day. We should live in a way that we think about God coming back for his bride and how we are going to look, how we are acting in that moment. Are we pleasing in the sight of God? Are we 
doing everything that we can do to be the best that as God's creation that we can be because we are going, it, it may sound a little cheesy, but we are going to walk down the aisle to eternity. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and when God looks at us, I want him to say to me, well done, well done. my good and faithful servant. Well done. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Well, um, Rachel, I'm going to ask you to close us out in prayer today because I love hearing your powerful prayers. And for those listening, if you're if you're driving, uh, just uh, keep your eyes on the road. We're going to pray over you right now. And I want to encourage you um, to just take this moment of prayer and let God go with you today. Absolutely. Yes, let's pray. God, thank you so much thank for you, your Jesus. word. Thank you for teachers who uh, who read the word and help us to better understand God. it. Lord, I am praying over a, a woman of God right now that is listening to this podcast and has been battling with things in their minds, battling with things that they're reading in the word. They don't really know what to do. God, give us peace right now. Speak a defining word. Speak a moment of peace into their car, into their kitchen. If they're doing dishes while they're listening, whatever they're doing right now, speak to them so clearly and let them know what you have called them to be, what you want them to be as a as a child of God, as a woman of God. If they're battling with something that uh, that has to do with appearance, then God, give them clear direction. Give them clear direction, Lord. I pray over every single aspect of their lives. Help us to be uh, better spouses. Help us to be better parents. Help us to be better children, better siblings. I pray, God, a covering, a covering over your children, a covering over your people. You're so good to us, God, and we love you so much, and we want to be pleasing in your sight. Let every thought, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Thank you for conviction. Thank you for change. Thank you for helping us to be more firm in your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. What an incredible conversation that this has been today. I want you to know that it means the world that you listen. And for all of you that have left five-star ratings and reviews, thank you so, so much for that. Um, It's really helping the show. The show is in the top 200 in Argentina this week. So praise God for that. Lots of people listening in different countries and... uh, Sweetheart, I love you, and uh, you look very beautiful, and And I'm just so thankful to get to do life and ministry with you. What an adventure it has been. Seven years married. Here's to a hundred more. Yeah. All right, guys, we love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Noteworthy Podcast. Thank you so much. We hope this has been a blessing. We look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.